98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong and Singapore plan to push ahead with a travel bubble from next month. Police accuse the Civil Human Rights Front of breaching the society's ordinance. And a historic Academy Award for a mainland-born director doesn't make waves in China. Hong Kong and Singapore plan to allow quarantine-free travel on designated flights from May the 26th. The government was forced to postpone an earlier planned bubble between the cities last November after a spike in coronavirus infections in the SAR. Travellers will have to test negative of COVID-19 within 72 hours of their flight and Hong Kong residents flying to Singapore must be fully vaccinated. A tourism professor at Polytechnic University, Brian King, was asked about the possibility of Hong Kong setting up a travel bubble with Australia and New Zealand also. Pretty good, although much depends on how the Australia-New Zealand travel bubble goes itself. Uh, These two countries have been much less conservative. They've opened up hundreds of flights a week between the two countries, and they've had a couple of little hiccups so far. So I think a lot on the next steps depends on whether these ones go smoothly. If Australia-New Zealand travel bubble goes well, I think this is going to expand very quickly. Uh, So we're all waiting to see about that. And I saw that the Australian minister was saying Singapore is high on their agenda. I'd imagine Hong Kong is fairly close after that. The police have accused the Civil Human Rights Front of breaching the society's ordinance and demanded information from the pro-democracy group on its finances and activities. Priscilla Ng reports. In a Facebook post, the Civil Human Rights Front said its convener, Figo Chan, received a letter from the force when he was reporting to the police for another case. The letter claimed that the front had cancelled its registration under the society's ordinance two months after its application was approved back in 2006 and accused the group of violating the ordinance as there were signs that it had continued operating after the deregistration. The force demanded answers to a number of questions, including why the front was not registered under the society's ordinance, whether the group was responsible for the Civil Human Rights Front website and Facebook page, as well as information on its finances. Officers also wanted information on all the public processions that the group had organized since September 2006, as well as the reason for issuing a joint statement with more than 20 other groups demanding that the mainland and Hong Kong governments respect human rights. The front says it has until next Wednesday to submit all the relevant information, adding that it is now seeking legal advice on the matter. The indie film Nomadland was the big winner of this winner of this year's Oscars, picking up the award for Best Film, Best Actress for Frances McDormand and Best Director for Chloe Zhao, who's a mainland-born. However, the news of her win was censored on the mainland. Posts celebrating her victory were wiped from Chinese social media sites and state-controlled media haven't mentioned the awards. Beijing's disapproval of Ms Zhao appears to be linked to an interview she gave eight years ago in which she said growing up in China was like being in a place where there were lies everywhere. We'll have more on the Oscars later in the programme. A music fountain which opened in Kuantong less than a week ago has already been closed to the public over fears that the water has been contaminated with soap. Damon Peng has the story. The government says the harbour front feature, which had a price tag of $50 million, is a leisure hotspot and will enrich public enjoyment. But critics called it a white elephant project. And now, just days after its opening, it's been shut down because of suspected contamination of water with liquid soap. A comedian treated himself to a bubble bar for the fountain last weekend and his web TV channel, 100 Most, mocked the attraction's price tag. 
The Leisure and Cultural Services Department said there is now a great deal of foam in the fountain system, and the water has to be drained so it can be thoroughly cleansed. And some of the tiles were found to be broken earlier. There's no word yet when the fountain will be reopened. Edith Leung, a Kuntong District Councillor from the Democratic Party, said she understood the comedian's intentions, but she also said she didn't exactly agree with his stunt. I think somebody's trying to draw public attention to the misuse of public funds regarding the fountain. But of course, taking a bath in fountain area is not something we encourage to do. The project was approved by Kuntong District Council in 2013, which was dominated by the pro-government camp at the time. Regulators have launched an antitrust probe into food delivery giant Meituan, prompted by reports that alleged engaged in so-called forced exclusivity agreement with vendors. It's the latest probe by Beijing to rein in the tech sector. Alibaba was hit by a record 18.2 billion yuan fine this month. And you're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Pro-democracy activist Tam Tak Chi has lost a legal fight to have prosecution proceedings against him halted. His trial is set for May the 10th. Jimmy Choi reports. The People Power activist is accused of chanting seditious slogans that incited hatred and contempt of the Hong Kong government, as well as committing other public order offences. He has been remanded in custody since September last year. Mr. Law's lawyers had argued at the district court that the sedition law is unconstitutional, saying it has disproportionately restricted the freedom of expression guarantee in the Basic Law and the Bill of Rights. They also said the definition of sedition is too vague, with concepts of hatred and contempt being subjective. But Judge Stanley Chan said the courts should only exercise their discretion to hold proceedings under exceptional circumstances, such as when they find that a fair trial would be impossible. He said the defence lawyers had failed to show that this would be the case for Mr Tam. The judge also agreed with the prosecution's argument that the defence can only challenge the constitutionality of the law during the trial stage. In addition, he rejected the defence's request to have the charges against Mr Tam quashed because they had not listed in the charge sheet the seditious remarks he is alleged to have made. The activist's lawyers had accused the prosecution of breaching an indictment rule by not providing these details, saying this had made it difficult for them to defend their client. But the judge said the prosecution is not required to spell out every word the defendant is alleged to have uttered, as only essential information relating to the charges is needed. He said it would not be practical for the prosecution to draft a lengthy charge sheet, adding that this might also lead to confusion and misunderstanding. Medical experts have backed the government's move to stop private laboratory BGI from running mobile testing stations after apparent blunders. Francis Sit has details. One of the mainland firm's recent mistakes was its failure to detect a mutated strain of COVID in a woman at a quarantine hotel. When she was finally hospitalized, antibodies were already detected in her blood. Infectious disease expert Joseph Zhang from the Medical Association told an RTHK program the woman was probably infected in the hotel, and it was worrying her case wasn't found despite her being tested twice. Another apparent blunder of cross-contamination of test samples resulted in 28 false positive cases. Dr. Zhang said BGI could continue its mobile testing services once it smoothed out its operations. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Ho Park Leung said if BGI was forced to stop all its services, including hotel and community testing, then the wait time for COVID test results might be much longer. 
The tourism slump brought about by the coronavirus pandemic has put another local travel agency out of business. The 35-year-old Wincastle Travel Company has given formal notice to close its doors. Here's Jimmy Choi again. A note at Wincastle Travel's branch in Causeway Bay saying the company ceased operations on Friday explained that the coronavirus pandemic has seriously affected the tourism industry. It said the liquidation process will be started to protect stakeholders and creditors had been notified in writing. We feel deeply sorry and regretful for our above decision, the note read. The company's website and social media page have also been taken offline. The Travel Industry Council's Executive Director, Alex Chan, says details provided by the 35-year-old agency suggest around 200 tourists have been affected, involving around $4 million in travel costs. She says around 30 staff have been dismissed. Mrs Chan says customers who have receipts with levy stamps can apply for compensation under the council's travel industry compensation fund. Dozens of travel agencies have folded since the initial outbreak of COVID-19, with many of those struggling to survive having to lay off staff or order them to take unpaid leave. India has again seen a record number of coronavirus infections and deaths as the international community rallies to help its health service. Doctors in the capital, Delhi, say people are dying on the street outside hospitals as they, as they wait for admission. Dr. Hajit Singh Bharti works on the COVID ward of Delhi's Manipa Hospital. We are not able to provide oxygen to the patients and they are dying like, means I don't want to compare, but the situation is like, have you seen the fish out of water? The situation is same as the people who are dying, struggling for oxygen. They are not getting oxygen and they are dying on roads. So it is becoming very difficult day by day. The European Commission has begun legal action against the pharmaceutical firm AstraZeneca, alleging that it breached contractual agreements for the supply of its coronavirus vaccine. AstraZeneca said it regretted the decision. Stefan de Kiersmaker is a commission spokesman. What matters to us in this case is that we want to make sure that there is a speedy delivery of a sufficient number of doses that European citizens are entitled to and which have been promised on the basis of the contract. So uh, the Commission has indeed started this legal action on its own behalf and on behalf of the uh, 27 member states that are fully aligned in their support for this procedure. The company said it had fully complied with the advance purchase agreement and would defend itself strongly in court. Back to one of our top stories. The indie firm, I'm sorry, the indie film Nomadland was the big winner of this year's Oscars, picking up the award for Best Film, Best Actress for Frances McDormand and Best Director for Chloe Zhao, who made history to become the first woman of colour to win the Best Director Award. The ceremony was delayed by two months because of the coronavirus pandemic. The BBC's David Willis reports. Welcome to the 93rd Oscars. It's been quite a year, the actor-director Regina King told the audience, and she wasn't just referring to movie-making. I have to be honest, if things had gone differently this past week in Minneapolis, I might have traded in my heels for marching boots. Beneath those heels, trains rumbled through LA's Union Station, chosen for its vaulted ceilings and wide-open spaces as a replacement for the normal venue, the Dolby Theatre, 11 stops away. Producers feared holding the ceremony there could have turned it into a superstar super spreader. Think of this as a movie set. A movie set in which the tables were six feet apart and mingling was strictly discouraged. 
2020 was a year in which cinemas were closed, blockbuster releases put on hold, and new movies viewed on small screens rather than big ones. Hence, this year's nominees consisted largely of low-budget dramas that most people haven't seen. And the Oscar goes to... Best original screenplay went to Britain's Emerald Fennel for her debut feature, Promising Young Woman. She made the film while seven months pregnant and was awarded the first Oscar of the night. Oh my God, he's so heavy and he's so cold. Obscure though many of this year's movies may be, they nonetheless represented one of the most diverse Oscars in living memory. Daniel Kaluuya, raised on a council estate in North London, was named Best Supporting Actor for his role as the Black Panther leader Fred Hampton in Judas and the Black Messiah. He showed me, he taught me. Him, Huey P. Newton, Bobby Seale, the Black Panther Party, they showed me how to love myself. And the Oscar goes to Chloe Zhao. Born in Beijing, Chloe Zhao became the first woman of color to win Best Director. Her film Nomadland, about an itinerant woman in the American West, also won Best Picture. And she paid tribute to the real-life nomads who featured in the film. This is for anyone who has the faith and the courage to hold on to the goodness in themselves and to hold on to the goodness in each other, no matter how difficult it is to do that. And a cabinet minister has defended Australia's Prime Minister, uh, sorry, Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson from allegations of sleaze amid questions about how he paid for refurbishment to his Downing Street flat. Ben Wallace told the BBC Mr Johnson had paid for the work personally and complied with the rules. It's one of a number of controversies Mr Johnson's government is facing, including lobbying practices and how procurement contracts were awarded during the pandemic, as the BBC's Rob Watson explained. Essentially, they, they amount to saying that Boris Johnson is corrupt, uh, that he is incompetent, and the latest one is that he's callous, because one of the daily newspapers in the UK this morning has uh, someone quoting that him as saying that he would rather see the bodies pile high in November rather than have another lockdown. Now, of course, Downing Street has denied all of these things, but, but it is out there, and it really has been an absolute kind of blizzard of allegations. Sport and two Australian cricketers are the latest to pull out of the lucrative India Premier League because of the pandemic. Adam Zampa and Kane Richardson are said to be leaving for personal reasons. Three Australians have now pulled out. They join India's star spinner Ravichandran Ashwin, who withdrew on Sunday to support his family through the pandemic. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Hong Kong and Singapore plan to push ahead with a travel travel bubble from next month. Police accuse the Civil Human Rights Front of breaching the society's ordinance and a historic Academy Award for a mainland-born director doesn't make waves in China. The news from RTHK. Thanks a lot to Sean Kennedy. We'll have more headlines at midnight. Something happened to me while I was driving home And I'm not the same anymore Oh, I was only 
24 Hours from Tulsa, written by Bert Baccarat and Hal David, and it was a hit there for uh, Gene Pitney in uh, 1963. Here comes summer, school is out, oh happy day, here comes summer, I'm gonna grab my girl and run away, here comes summer, we'll go swimming every day. Sunshine bright on my happy summer home. Oh, well, school's not so bad, but summer's better. It gives me more time to see my girl. Who walks through the park beneath the shining moon. And when we kiss, she makes a flat top curl. It's summer. I feel her lips so close to mine. Here comes summer. When we meet, our hearts entwine. It's the greatest. Let's have summer all the time and let the sun shine bright on my happy summer home. Here comes summer, almost June, the sun is bright. Here comes summer, driving movies every night. Double features, lots more time to hold her tight. So let the sun shine bright on my happy summer. 
summer. 